All right, welcome to um, this next episode of Open Mic, uh, where we're talking with myself, Anthony, and Robin about how do we become employers of choice and, and get better at attracting and retaining that talent. Uh, today, we want to talk a little bit about uh, the hybrid workplace. And the, the main question is, is a hybrid workplace something that's a fad or is it here to stay? Uh, so let's kind of jump right in and start talking about that. Anyone want to share your thoughts initially? Oh, yes, I'm going to jump in. It's I, I'm saying and I'm voting. It's not a fad. It's here to stay. As a GM of an organization, if I could say what I prefer, I vote here to stay. Yeah, I, I would second that, Mike and Robin. And, you know, being a part of what uh, Robin just mentioned, you know, being a part of her team, it it's basically, I believe, more of a integrated life versus having a balanced life because I, I know we hear a lot about work-life balance and I think the term is is almost like a little overused and it, it kind of establishes like fencing which you know I, I I'm all I'm all for that and I anyone who wants to establish the fencing on their life you know that that's fine <clears throat> but I've found that our lives are integrated, meaning sometimes we're doing something leisurely, but then an idea comes to our mind because we're, we're not engaged in work. And then our, our mind goes elsewhere and enables us to come up with ideas to innovate. And then we, and then we kind of jump back into, into work, whether it's taking a note, whether it's sending an email a to do, you know, whatever that is. So I, I believe having that acceptability of just, integrating your life it enables you to to really I, I think stay you know engaged and and really you know focus at any given time on what you have to be present for um exactly so, so, so that, i'm gonna jump I, I, yeah so i interrupted i'm so sorry it's i'm sorry <laughs> no but, that's okay. i want to i just want to like add to that as as the gm of an organization the integrated um work style is amazing so here's what i'm here's what i mean i don't mean that my team should be working from oh eight to ten at night but my team is all remote and they all work at a typical regular time frame and we all kind of leave at a typical regular time frame maybe eight to five nine to five whatever it is eight to six as a GM, you know, you work whenever, all the time. But my team has learned to take that, that break, that, you know, leave at five. They don't just leave their jobs behind. I'm noticing they're going back and they're doing things maybe at seven, taking notes, having ideas, maybe at eight, sending an email. And it works really great for our company. Now, I'm not saying that all organizations should do that. So... I don't want to be pinned with, hey, Robin wants our team to work 24-7. <laughs> but I've noticed that my team takes that those breaks and they are continuously able to interact or yeah, more than more than not. And there's a and there's a, a really a lot to that, Robin. And and I would <clears throat> I would like to reinforce it by saying, you know, you've created the environment for all of us to thrive. And add discretionary effort to what we do. 
that's the word. Thank you. Right. And that's the, and that's the key that I think all employers are looking for is how do we get, you know, engaged, productive effort, and then push that a little farther and then get discretionary effort. And then that's where, you know, I think it's that, that balance between an employee and employer, the accountability, the trust, like all those kind of come into play here. But when you're able to create that kind of like culture, that environment and get that discretionary effort, there are no like lags in your service. I mean, we're in a service business. Yeah. You know, we, we support companies and uh, entrepreneurs and we're worldwide. So we could, I mean, I mean, conceivably work around the clock, um, mm-hmm. but that discretionary effort really enables us to provide a lot of real-time support, you know, pretty much like seven days a week. And we're really like, and we're happy to do it just because we know, we know we have that flexibility in our life and our, in our workplace, but then we know we're also serving, you know, our, our end users, our clients and, and our partners. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I, 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 I too believe that organizations, if they're, if they're not flexible, if they try to take flexibility when it comes to workforce and things like that out of the, out of the equation, it's going to be a problem for them, right? It's, it's, it, they're not going to be an attractive place for people to go to or, or, or stay at. Um, interestingly though, um, it, it, uh, it, you know, some of the things that we're seeing just in what we do is there's, there's a bit of a gap between what, um, and, and the prospective employee is looking for and what the companies want to do, especially when you look at that middle level of management, there's a, a survey I saw recently that had, you know, upwards of 70% of, of managers want their people in the office. They are at the workplace. Um, and, and that that's counter to what a lot, a lot of uh, people are looking for. And I I've met a lot of people in our, in our, in the work we do working with t- uh, organizations and their talent that, uh, just are adamant about not wanting to go back to the workplace at all. They love being able to be working from home and, and not have to go into an office or at to a location. So there's a little dynamic in, in this article. And um, uh, there's an article in Forbes recently that was written that talked about um, is leverage shifting back from the, um, to the employer. And you're, and you're going to see a lot more push to getting people back into the workplace. They estimate, I think the numbers in there that 32 in New York, it was a, they did a, it looked at New York, um, city and it was about 32 or 36 percent of, of of employees were were hybrid or uh, predominantly remote and they think by next year that's going to be down to less than 16 percent um, wow. so so I, I don't you know that's estimated things right that's not that's just what trends they're seeing and 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 so I don't know I, I you know like I said I'm, I'm a firm believer that flexibility is critical um, for an organization but I think I think there's a desire in 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 the workplace to get people back in, and the the leverage is starting to shift. So I, I don't yeah. know what you think so about that. Do we that. know why? Do we know why? I think I think in some cases uh, you're starting to see, uh, you know, from my side, uh, you're starting to see um, uh, sh- uh, worries about culture norms shifting because people aren't there. You're seeing silos getting stronger. And relationships getting weaker because people aren't sitting across the table from each other or talking to themselves uh, in the hallway. So um, I especially have seen that with a lot of more senior teams. 
um, that you see more silos established and they don't feel that the relationships are strong. And, and what you're seeing in a lot of organizations is people who've been there for a long time have really solid relationships and those don't get damaged, but you're starting to see this gap between long-term employees and shorter term because they haven't built that relationship. Um, I also think that, and 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 I, I don't think this just based on intuition, we see it in, in our customers is that uh, people still don't know how to manage when, uh, when people are displaced all over, uh, all mm -hmm. over the place. And, and so there's a, a, you know, we talk about this whole concept of shifting skills um, in the work in workers. Uh, I think shifting skills in leaders is, is just as important. Right. And that, it sounds to me, that's what is lagging, right? So the, the talent's going to dictate whether or not we keep the talent. So I believe that we can go ahead and, and mandate and pull people back in, but and they may do that for a while, but I don't think long-term that that's going to be effective. Um, hybrid is really probably where we're going. I mean, come in a couple days, work from home a couple, three days. Uh, I think, but I think you're right. The flex, but I don't, I don't think that the long-term is going to work out. I think that if we value the talent we have, we really need to look at the talent and see how that talent works best. Mm -hmm. So for instance, our corporate office is in Texas. I'm in Tennessee. Anthony's in New Jersey. I have a team leader or team, yeah. a team um, in, in Colorado. I have one in Texas. So, and not in the area of Texas that, that our corporate office is in. I could not imagine a closer team. We have two programmers in Lebanon. They are, we are very close with them. It's pretty yep. amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, Robin, I, I think it's a great point. Um, that's a great point you're making. Anthony, what are you thinking as we talk about this? Yes, yeah, so I'm thinking that it's really a, a mindset shift as well. So, you know, in addition to like kind of looking at, you know, the workplace overall and the landscape and then understanding, you know, really kind of like, should it be hybrid? Should it be one way or the other? I think you have to have the mindset of making it work if it's something other than a traditional uh, format. So what can you do virtually to build relationships that are perhaps new and, and maintain relationships? Maybe it's more one-on-ones. And, you know, if you're able to see each other, you, you can kind of create the, you know, the, the, the foundation to build those relationships, but you have to be mindful to do that. If you're not, and you just kind of get wrapped up in, you know, whatever you're doing in that day and you neglect the relationship side of, of you know, your business, uh, then, then that's going to get neglected and those people will feel siloed, they'll feel left out. Um, and, you know, I know Robin is very mindful in keeping, you know, all the team connected, you know, with, with team meetings and, and just, just sometimes having some, you know, personal discussions as well. You know, and I think yeah. that helps build more relationships because we're all human and we get to fulfill that need. But then we can jump back into to the work and 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 you know, kind of get down the business as well. Do you think? Do you think people and, and I and I, this is just a question I, I, it, that comes to mind. But do you think people, you know, as humans, we t we uh, especially in the U.S., we tend to 
really focused in on our individual needs and what what's important to us. You know, I do that myself. We all do that. And um, do you do you do you think that that can get in the way of people op being open to um, a, doing a little bit of both? So I mean, I think is there inflexibility that people are now going to demand that they they have to be they can not be in the office and be away and not gonna not going to be open to that hybrid or, or hoping to that a little bit majority more time in the office because it's what's best for them versus what's better for the the greater organization I, I don't know if I'm asking it really well but you know yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. things, does that make sense yes it does it does and I think it has to be a, a collaboration a cooperation it has to be we have to come together and the, these are my needs and these are your needs and this, this mm -hmm. is the company's needs. So I I have noticed that some business owners are really wanting their people in the office because of the real estate, right? And, and I understand that expense. I totally understand that. So it's going to take a while for us to kind of tease this apart and come together. But what, what's going to happen is if we don't do that, then talent's going to take the roles anyway, and then they're going to find the right role. So we're just going to increase uh, lack of engagement and turnover if, if we can't come together and try to get it right. So I think that our employers should be really clear. No bait and switch. Um, you know, you can come into, the, so because I, I know some, I have some friends recently took positions that they were told it was fully remote and they were so happy about that but three months in now you have to come in two days a week and that commute is like an hour and a half and they're very unhappy about that so I I don't think that they should never have to go in I just think that we should be clear and upfront about it again no bait and switch yeah and and I think that's that that's really it's 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 a really important point because when you when you when you do have a commute as part of your you know your responsibility, I mean I've had sixty minute commutes, I've had two hour commutes one way, and you know at the end of the day your your energy and focus is totally different versus you know working at home and being able to kind of save that energy for whatever else you need to focus on versus applying it to you know, a daily two hour commute or a daily four hour commute. I mean, that's, that's energy. I mean, you, know, you only have so much energy every day. So if you can imagine how important that may be to someone who has, uh, you know, an hour and a half commute each way, and now you're asking them to, to kind of like give that up or sacrifice six hours a week. I mean, that's, that's big. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I do like what both of you are saying about, I mean, it, it's, it's, I think organizations need to just define what they want to do. How does it align with their culture? You know, what do they want? You know, if you want to be an employer choice, what's going to be the best situation to create for the, to, to attract and retain workforce and then be clear about it, be transparent about it and stick with it. Right. Don't, don't, don't keep adapting and changing because that, that that's just confusing to others. And um, I do, again, I do, I, I know I'm throwing out some alternative things, um, you know, I do think that if an organization, you know, based on what they do, if they can have a lot of flexibility in the workplace, 
they need to, and you just need to teach your leaders how to lead in that environment. And you need to create yeah. um, different ways of working so that you don't let silos get built and that you, you have relationships that are established. Um, you know, I, I, an example I give is we, we, um, you know, we uh, have tickets for a, a, a AHL hockey team that we got season tickets for, and we we're pretty flexible in our work in our workplace. And, and we're using them internally to get people together to go to the hockey game and we can all get together and you build relationships outside of the workplace, nice. which is effective, right? So there's ways you can do it. And, you know, we've been talking in this podcast so far about, you know, getting away from the traditional, go non-traditional with things. And I think organizations still need to shift that mindset, like you said, Anthony, and, and just, just change the dynamic a little bit. The, um, yeah, there, well, there, well the other thing, the other thing I've been seeing too, is that, you know, it's, well, it's really interesting just, and I'll, I'll kind of date this podcast, but, you know, recently Meta is announcing lots of layoffs, but also in this Forbes article, um, Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook specifically bought um, uh, up a bunch of property because real estate is cheap because so many people after COVID had kind of got away from the workplace. And so it's kind of counterintuitive that they're buying up workspace, but then, uh, workforce reductions that, that to me, that sends a, a, a couple of counter messages to, to your people. Um, so I think organizations just, just need to be careful with, with the actions they're taking because it's people are going to interpret those different ways. Right. And, and so think about how, what do you do if you own all this real estate and what, what's the, is there a solution? Because the owner of that real estate is really going to be in dire straits if that's not used. And that really does affect the bottom line of an organization. So I, I think it's going to be a while before we have before we have the answers. And maybe we could use some of that real estate to bring the teams together to do other things, right? Yep. Yeah. Instead of requiring them to sit at the desk at the office eight hours a day and do the work there. I can't imagine my team ever flourishing like that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I know, I know a lot of employers are using like remote work as a negotiation point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what do you both think of, of that? I think if you're going to stick to the negotiation and your talent accepts the role that it's a good thing. I think that you, again, can't change your mind after the fact. I think that that in itself, whether or not you, even if you suggest it, you immediately destroy trust. You immediately have that new talent looking, oh, what else are they going to change their mind on? What else are they going to suggest? So we agreed to this. It, it, it instills fear. Mm -hmm. It instills, oh, I'm going, let me just start looking again. And that's going to be so, you know, the pandemic put us in a really interesting spot. And as we are recovering from that, we're in even a more interesting spot. And it's not just the U.S. This is a global issue. Right. Oh, definitely. It definitely is. So. But I do think I, you know, I think I think I've seen Anthony people leveraging on both sides, you know, the, and the employee or the candidate as well. And, and even in some cases, you know, negotiating down salary up at, so they can get more flexibility. Okay. So it's, um, and it, I see it going both ways. 
Yeah. So, well, this is, I, I do think this is a, um, this is a, uh, it, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing challenge for organizations on how do they, how do they really balance their culture norms, leadership capability, and that ability to attract and retain and this flexibility in the workplace is going to be a big thing. Maybe, maybe um, uh, any one, any closing thought that either of you'd like to share um, as we end the discussion on this, on this topic? Right. So, so Mike, when we talk about what people prefer and what they will do best with, I have to I have to say this. There, there's assessments that you can use to measure someone's behaviors and how they might actually respond and fit into a hybrid work environment or not, or a full-time on-site work environment or not. And that would help yeah. organizations and leaders coach and train those people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think in in, in the the tools that you all have at uh, Telashore, I think help really call out some of those behaviors. I think you, there is more companies can do up front to assess fit from that sense, and it's a benefit to both that candidate and the company because if you're not going to have a good fit, then then why take that step, right? It's best to find that best that good fit. And and Mike and Robert, I would also say that you can you can take that approach and go upstream. So you can provide your leaders with awareness so they understand what their tendencies are like and are those tendencies conducive to you know, a remote work environment, hybrid work environment, or more of a traditional environment? Because if they're wired a certain way and it's conducive to that environment, great. If not, you're going to have friction points and derailers. So if we're able to bring that awareness upstream, we can not only help individuals, but we can also help leaders and then kind of bring that collaboration together to navigate this, this hybrid type work environment. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for that comment, Anthony. Um, Robin, anything else that you would share before we close the, the conversation? Oh, there's so much that we could talk about <laughs> on this subject. So. I think that this really parallels and connects very carefully to the, very closely to the gig economy. And so maybe we can talk about that a different day because I really think the gig economy is here to stay. And that really correlates heavily to from home, hybrid, et cetera. And I think we have to really think about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, and I, I think the last, I completely agree, and I think the, you know, to me, it still gets into our, our, it's what are companies doing to support whatever strategy they go with to make sure that their leaders yeah. are uh, are able to handle that right, so that they can they can take it, run with it, and create that that environment that does attract the right people. So, well, thanks thanks to both of you again for the conversation today. Um, again, look for uh, hopefully everyone can look forward to some future open mic conversations as we really talk about how do we attract and retain that talent that create and make yourself an employer of choice, you know, that organization that people really want to run to. So uh, Robin, Anthony, thanks again and uh, for your time today. And, and we look forward to the next conversation. Likewise, Mike.